Hey, welcome to the Default Alive podcast. I'm Corey. And I'm Chris. And this is our audio documentary of our journeys building profitable internet businesses. And so if this is your first time listening, you can learn more about us and get up to speed by starting at episode number one. But if you're a regular, welcome back. We're back. We're back. You feeling refreshed? I am, yeah. Um, it was really good. I did an excellent job of staying off of Twitter and email and Slack. Pretty proud of myself. Only checked wow. in a few times. Wasn't 100%. You know. um, I played a lot of online poker <laughs> and uh, did a lot of reading. I think I read two books and did a lot of just sitting around the pool. So it was, it was really good. Yeah, I, did, I actually do feel pretty refreshed from it. That's awesome. I, I, w- I was wondering... Was this like, uh, because you said you won it through the Ellen show, was this like all expenses paid or like hotel, uh, airfare or what was the deal? Almost it was, uh, so like we won like the hotel stay was all expenses paid. So we got like a really nice room and that was completely for free. Ocean view. It's really nice. It's like a little villa kind of sweet. So it was like big master bedroom and there's also like a whole like living room and dining room and kitchen and two bathrooms. And so, uh, that was nice, even though we didn't really like spend a ton of time in the room. Um, but we still had to pay for food and drinks. So we bought like the all inclusive package for, uh, for each of the days. And then we had to pay for airfare too. Um, but all in all, I mean, we probably, we spent like half of what we would have. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, awesome. it's kind of interesting though, because now, like if you go to the same site, it was uh, Villa del Palmar, Palmar in, uh, in Cancun. And I think that there's like all inclusive like room and uh in food and beverage packages for like one eighty per night for two people. And it's like crazy cheap right now. So we're like, oh <laughs> we didn't get like a great deal. It would have been a really great like deal. A, right. If it wasn't for because COVID. we had to buy the food and beverage all inclusive package separately, they charge more. Hmm. So they kinda get you, which I don't really understand. I'm like, if you're gonna give away a stay, you might as well just give away like completely for free. I don't know. I guess not. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we even like when we checked in, uh, and you know, we told them, you know, Oh, they're like, Oh, like you're like you, the, the Ellen people. And, uh, so like one of like the managers came over and she was like trying to get us to like take a tour of something. And like, it's <laughs> like, Oh, like you guys are really special. Like this is like, so she asked, it's like, Oh, what do you do for work? I was like, oh, I'm in marketing. She's like, oh, like this is our marketing. I was like, really? Because <laughs> I'm not going to talk about it very much. And like, it's not going to be a great deal for us. So, anyways, it was great, but uh, not 100. Hey, you, you already shouted out the name on uh, on this podcast. So. I guess I did. <laughs> yeah, I should go bleep it out and come back. <laughs> no, it was a nice place. Link in, sh- link in the show notes. <laughs> right. Yeah, I should become an affiliate for them now. So. <laughs> Get some of, my, some of my money back. Uh, that's nice. Yeah, no, that was good. I did have a like an existential kind of thought there. It'll be my my one downer thought for. Uh, actually, no, I have two downer thoughts. But while I was there, I, I, again, did a great job, kind of disconnecting. I remember sitting by the pool. And I just had this thought. It was like the internet is not real life. Like, <laughs> Ten hours a day. Sometimes I spend my my time mm-hmm. staring at the screen into this portal of this you know virtual world and it's not real and it's such a strange like thing that we do just like working and like 
interacting so much online um, because yeah, I was just like, this is weird. Like just, it was really strange not being online so much. And like mm-hmm. that like triggered this thought of like, wow, I feel like I'm not like in like real life a ton, which is such a weird thought. But uh, it made me think of also this, this quote, I forget who it was, but I saw it on Twitter and he was like, my goal is to be rich enough to quit the internet. <laughs> I was like, whoa, interesting. <laughs> I hadn't really thought about it in those terms, but anyways. That's really good. Yeah, but it was good. I, I really enjoyed it. I'm excited to be back and work on stuff. I like working on the internet, but it's just like this thought of like, it's not really real life, you know? It's very different than most of what people do. For You know, I was like watching, you know, like our waiters come to the pool and service training like that's what they do all day long um i don't envy them i you know i think it's great and it's actually they make a great living sort of being at a resort like that but it's just weird that like what we do is like completely in this virtual world yeah i've, I've been thinking about that quite a bit i recently read i can't remember if i mentioned this on the podcast or not uh this book called uh, now i'm totally gonna blank on it the the shallows by nicholas carr uh oh. And it's, it's basically, I want to say it was written in 2010 or around then. And it was all about, you know, how we're spending too much time on the internet. <laughs> that was over 10 years ago and smartphones were still oh. just in their infancy. Uh, and it, it was, it was a pretty enlightening book. And exactly like you said, I'm like, wow, I'm just staring at this screen into like this for all intents and purposes, like virtual world, uh, for most of my day. And, you know, you and I both live in San Diego. It's, it's a great place, beautiful weather and right. beaches and mountains and everything you could ask for in, in nature. And like, I might as well be in Siberia some days because I'm just <laughs> holed up in my room, you know, on the, on the computer, or on my phone. So yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've had those thoughts before. Yeah. hundred percent. I was even, I, th- I thought fairly recently, I was like, it's so weird. Like looking at my, you know, like account balances and like my bank or like a credit card or um, they're just like numbers on a screen, which is so weird. Like I don't actually I can't like tangibly hold or like see how much money it is, but it's just like this number on the screen. I don't know where it is or like what it really is. You know, it's like even, you know, when you get paid, like it just gets deposited. But like, what does that even really mean? You know, cause like one person's number on a screen goes to another person's number on a screen. <laughs> it's just like such a weird, it's a weird thing. You know, it's all like so disconnected from like tangible real life. Yeah. So one of my last jobs, uh, I've talked about it a little bit before was, uh, I was working at a startup, which, uh, was like a food delivery service, uh, kind of like Uber eats. And, you know, we, we built this product, we built this app, uh, has, you know, had its own database, all of that. And one of the real strange things for me was, uh, when we launched the app and we first started doing customer support, when there were issues, we would typically, you know, we would refund someone's meal. And then a lot of times we'd also give them account credit, uh, so they mm-hmm. could try to purchase again and uh, hopefully have a better experience. And it was so weird to me, like you, you could just go into the database and like, edit somebody's account credit and, you know, give them a hundred bucks or whatever. And it, it was real. Like they could order real food with that mm. number in a database. Uh, it was very strange. And yeah, it's, I mean, uh, I guess that's the, 
that's one of the uh, you know cornerstones that I think people would would tout about like Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies is that nobody mm. can do that. Uh, right. But you know they they also have their their cons as well. Right. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a little, little bit for crypto too. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Too, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I'm like. When I'm buying, you know, like dabbling, I have some like Dogecoin. And I bought like when it was like a point oh oh one or something stupid. Oh, and, you're doing uh, great. So now my account balance is obviously, yeah, I'm doing fantastic right now. But even then I was just like, why did I, I don't even know. Because even with Robinhood, like I bought it through Robinhood. And even when you buy it through Robinhood, you're not actually buying like the coin. You're buying like uh, the right to a certain amount of dollar value to the coin that Robinhood sort of like, it's just like this proxy. And then like Robinhood, so like, you know, you go all the way down to like crypto. It's like, it lives on the blockchain. Even that is like, I don't even know where this lives. I guess it lives like on people's computers sort of, but it's just like this system interconnected. But then like Robinhood is like, it's another layer of abstraction. And then like my like numbers on a screen from my bank account, go to Robinhood, which I'm like, this is too much. <laughs> I, don't <know> what, <laughs> I don't know what this is. Yeah. Oh, that's nuts. But how was uh, last week for you? Uh, it was good. It's, uh, I, I've, I've been feeling a general sense of optimism, both with, uh, you know, one, weather getting better here. Uh, vaccinations are rolling out. I got my second shot last week, so I was super nice. excited about that. Yeah. That's awesome. Which, uh, which is good. It, it put me down for the count for about a day, but, um, yeah, last week was first time in a long time. I designated it a marketing week. Uh, wow. <laughs> strangely enough, while you were out, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> had to, had to fill in for you. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, I, I've read before, uh, a strategy for solo founders is to alternate marketing weeks, dev weeks. Uh, particularly for, uh, you know, engineering type founders, uh, just to force you to do more marketing. And I think I want to try to get into that a little bit more because I did find it really useful. Uh, there's stuff that comes up every week, whether it's a customer writing in or, you know, having a shower thought or whatever of like, oh, this would be really cool to go build for the product and to just set the intention at the beginning of the week, like no matter what, no going and touching code or trying to mess around with new features or whatever. Uh, mm. It was really useful. Uh, so most of my week was, I guess it was kind of split still between uh, obviously support and still uh, going through the onboarding process with, with Noah, who's helping me out with that. Uh, and then doing the marketing stuff as well. So I, uh, I managed to send my first JetBoost email uh, to, to the email list no since way. November of last year. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, wow, I didn't realize it had been that long. That was probably for the last uh, like booster that you launched, right? Yeah, I think it was, or, uh, it, it was for one, right? the option, uh, filtering by option fields, which was like a pretty big feature release. Oh, that right. was something that people had been asking for for a long time. So yeah, it was, uh, it was quite a while ago. That's amazing. So what was this email about then? Yeah. So, uh, as you know, in, uh, January, we released a couple of big new features, the, the bundled subscriptions and the advanced pagination. 
since then we've released a few other smaller things, but, um, I never actually announced that outside of Twitter, uh, because I went on baby leave and, uh, just things got a little complicated. And so as the, you know, weeks wore on, I kept feeling like, well, now it's like weird to, you know, and this is probably all in my head, but (laughs) it's like weird to now send out like, here's a new feature, but really this feature is like three months old now at this point. Uh, so I ended up framing it as a, uh, you know, here's what we did in Q1 and here's our upcoming roadmap for Q2, uh, because it just happened to be, you know, basically first, second week of April. So kind of good timing for that. And yeah, got a really good response. Uh, I, I, I read a good tip before that, which was like when writing product update emails, just write it as if you're, you're sending it to like your most fanatical customers and Mm. that helped a lot. You know, it helps me be a little less self-conscious about promoting things and, uh, you know, I don't know It it felt really good to get that out. And also I forgot how much I like roadmaps and (laughs) promising things because it's, it's just like forces you. Okay. Now like we have, this is what we're going to do and we have to step up and deliver this. So, uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about the, the upcoming months now as well. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really fun. I, uh, I'm going to go back. I'm going to see if I can find that email. Maybe I have it somewhere. Um, but good for you for sending that out. That's, uh, oh yeah, here we go. What we shipped in Q1 and what's coming in Q2. I love it. That was like the, the big rock for the week for, for the marketing. Mm-hmm. Did you see yeah. any new trials or like, I see that the, um, oh wait, is the pricing in here? Oh no, the pricing, I guess was like a different, um, yeah, the new pricing thing for another there. time. Oh yeah, there we go. Upgraded discount. Yeah. Did you see any results from that? Yeah, I, um, I saw what looked to be like two immediate upgrades, uh, to one of the bundles. I, I kind of actually expected to see a few more. Um, but they may have come in the days later. Uh, and also the, the people that are getting the most value out of the product that are using it the most, they've had three months now to go and, and, you know, as they're in JetBoost and see this new packaging, they were able to already do that upgrade. Yeah. Um, so yeah, not as much of an immediate impact as I expected, but, uh, still some and, uh, one thing that did kind of surprise me, uh, of, of all the upcoming features announced, you know, people are really excited about the dynamic sorting, of course, because that's been something we've been asked about for a while. Uh, mm. but I got a number of replies asking about the, the upcoming, uh, JetBoost showcase that we're going to, uh, release. Ah, I love so it. yeah, people, you know, the, they want to show off their projects that they built with JetBoost and Webflow and, uh, see other people's projects and, uh, we've already done a lot of the dev work there and I've, I've been dragging my feet on that a little bit, feeling like it's, uh, maybe not as high of a priority, but hmm. again, it's, it's kind of, it's more of a marketing thing. So it's something that, uh, within the next month really want to get out there and, and have people start using. Yeah. That'll also include like the kind of templates and like Webflow clonables that you've created as well. Right. Yeah. Or would that strictly be like customer projects uh i think in this case it'll be strictly customer projects but i also have uh 
yeah, we will be adding all of the, like the, uh, what would you call it? JetBoost authored clonables uh, in their own section on the website as well. Uh, yeah. You know, as, as always happens, I set out last week with like 10 to do items and got through less than half of them. Uh, so there, there's still a number of, of, uh, revamps to the website that I, I need to get done. And, uh, I've actually been thinking about extending marketing week through this week as well. Um, do it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's actually so far today. That's, that's all I've been working on that stuff. So, um, more marketing. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Uh, the showcase is interesting. I feel like my, my kind of instinct is like people are probably really responsive because they're like, oh, it's just like an you know easy opportunity for me to mm-hmm. you know get promoted, but like I don't know what that would, who knows what that would actually like result in for you or or for them. But it's also a place for them to link to and a place for other people to link to. So there's kind of like a sneaky SEO play in there as well. Um, but uh, that's fun. I, I mean, it's, I love that you're actually showing like what's that's like my favorite thing it's like a double-edged sword a little bit, but I love when companies actually commit to like, here's what we're working on next. Like I check the, the circle product roadmap, like mm. at least a few times a week, sometimes <laughs> like once a day. Cause I'm like, so like just dying for like a couple of their features. And, um, so when you're like behind schedule, you know, definitely put some pressure under you or for users, you know, kind of get kind of antsy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also like really gets people bought into like, here's what's next. And so I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know personally, I just need that, uh, the little kick in the pants there to make sure that everything gets, uh, delivered and, you know, and, and also just to, to help me focus, uh, because there's always just so many things you could go do and to, mm. you know, before I sent the email, obviously took the time to narrow it down and, uh, plot out what looked reasonable, uh, and then divide that list in half and say, okay, this is actually reasonable. <laughs> um, right, right. And yeah, then, then it's like, okay, this is what we're going to go do. And hopefully we can get it all in. Yeah. It's an interesting forcing function too, because I think that like for me, for example, I wonder, it might be interesting for me to do for swipe files as well, because I have like this big, you know, like roadmap, Actually, I was just looking at that was going to be one of my items to talk about today um, was like future things that I want to do and work on. But I don't actually know. I haven't really thought about what's actually achievable in the next quarter or the next three months. Um, and I think that when you have like this, this roadmap, and like this big backlog, you kind of just like do one at a time, which could either, I think it usually ends up making things like slower or you do you do less. Um, and you might even over promise because like, Oh, these things are on the to do list, but, but then you maybe bite off more than you can chew. Right. But if you actually like, what am I going to publicly commit to? Well, I, I don't want to commit to too much because then if I don't get it done, then it looks bad. But I also don't want it to commit to too little because then it's like not exciting. Right. So kind of like, this is good. Like balancing kind of function. I don't know. Yeah, no, totally. I, it wasn't until I plotted it out visually. Cause like you said, when you have this big long list, uh, it, it looks like, you know, again, I tend to overestimate like, Oh, there's, you know, 12 items. We can definitely get all of these done. 
<clears throat> but ClickUp, which I love, uh, and also just learned they're actually a, a San Diego company. Yeah, uh, I've seen their ads on the trolley now, which is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, love ClickUp, and they have a nice view for uh, visualizing, basically, kind of like a, a product roadmap. And uh, once I started plotting the items out on that, I was like, yeah, uh, it's it's easy to overcommit. So let's pick off like one major feature and one minor feature per month. And, you know, with, with myself full-time and Sarwich part-time, that's, that's probably achievable. Yeah. Yeah. Cause did you read the, uh, the shape up base camp book? Um, I've only ever skimmed it and then probably read hundreds of tweets about it from people. <laughs> <laughs> so you get, you know, the general, yeah, just yeah. the summary version. Yeah. I've always liked, uh, I feel like the, the like tactical, advice that they give is like not very applicable with like the six week cycles and like team structure and whatnot. It's like, well, I don't know. Like depends on what you're working on and company dynamics, what stage you're in, how big you are, whatever. But like the concepts are like actually really fun of like the shaping and like the appetite and so like what you choose to work on and when, and I need to go back and look at that because maybe it's a little bit more applicable to me now but I've always thought that those were really useful concepts. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And when I was going through it, my impression I think was similar to, to me, it felt like a more mature process for a company that's much farther along. Um, I, I don't, the, the one that really bothers me is like, if you don't finish it in the six weeks or whatever, then you just have to drop it uh, right. or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> At least for Jeppe, it was like, we can't just not ship a feature. Like we got to find a way to get it done. So. Yeah. Yeah. It feels a little bit too, you know, cause they're like, Oh, we don't have any goals, but like if we don't meet the yeah. deadline, then we're like stopping. It's like, well, it's also kind of an arbitrary, you know, timeline. It's like, might as well be a goal. Like, I don't know. It seems a little bit too strict for it. But anyways, I, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um, that's fun though. I, I like that. I mean, I, I think those are big, those are nice big items to commit to as well. So it's uh, dynamic sorting. That's kind of like the big feature. Um, oh yeah, enhancements to the CMS item favoring. So those are the small kind of features. Oh, CSV export. Who was it? Someone had a tweet about CSV exports. Um, uh, like, oh, if you want to be enterprise ready, <laughs> just add CSV <laughs> export or something like that. Um, oh yeah, in the showcase. That's fun. That's awesome. Yeah, so uh, you listen to Software Social Podcast, right, with uh, Michelle and Colleen? Yeah, I'm behind, though. Yeah, well, so Colleen has this product called Simple File Upload, and one of these days I'm planning to pitch her on developing a second product called Simple File Export. (laughs) (laughs) Totally, yeah. Because, like, every software product eventually needs CSV export, it seems like. Hmm. It's very true. That was like a running joke at Bear Metrics. It was like people want like a more advanced graph or they want like, you know, some sort of like functionality on on the graph and on the chart. And like, ah, oh, just make it a CSV export. <laughs> and a few times they did that and that actually like worked. It was like, you know, for a certain, uh, there was like, you know, a couple loud people who really wanted certain things. Like, oh, just make it available on the CSV export. And then like, we don't have to worry about it and build it out for everyone. And it kind of worked. That's exactly what we're doing. It's there are more advanced things that people have asked for, and this is kind of like the V one 
to at least give people something. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you don't know if it's like applicable to anyone and like, it'd be so much work to add something big, but I mean, it was like, sometimes I would be like, Hey, can we just like add this one field to the, to the export for this customer? And then like two hours later, he'd be like, okay, there it is. Like have him try it again. Like, whoa, that was magical. This is fun. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool though. Well, congrats on marketing week. And it uh, sounds like there's some, some big strides. So, uh, congrats. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been good. And, uh, you know, overall, I, I am certainly becoming more and more relaxed as Noah is uh, taking on more of the support work and he's, you know, we're putting more processes in place. Uh, I I always have to be careful that I don't just go jump in and start solving tickets because that's what I've been used to doing for so long. And, uh, mm. you know, the process right. is he answers or he takes a first pass, uh, writes his answer out. Uh, then I review and, you know, we discuss and, and make any changes if needed or, or he ultimately sends the reply. Uh, and it's, been, it's, it's been good. And it's also the, the other interesting thing is it having someone else who's helping with support keeps me in check providing support. Uh, oh. so, you know, I, I have had a tendency at times to, do a lot of extra work to make up for shortcomings that JetBoost may have if it, if it can't do something, but I know there's a way to do it via custom code. And then I go spend three hours writing a script for someone. Uh, well, there's a way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, having someone else looking over my shoulder or, you know, uh, it, it kind of keeps me in line, uh, and focused on providing value to the entire JetBoost customer base, uh, not just, a single person. So, yeah. Yeah. Is the goal for him to like touch a hundred percent of the support tickets or like 50% or 75% or like, is the goal base going to be like, yeah, I don't really need to like do support unless it's something that like can't be solved. And it's a technical, you know, a bug or something that needs like a really technical answer. Um, or is the goal for you to just, you know, go through 20 tickets a week? You know what I mean? Like, uh, what's like the, the the end goal ratio? Yeah, I think probably, I think he'll probably eventually be able to do 80 to 90% of the tickets, uh, without me having to review or really look at them at all. Uh, there are some, there, there's a good class of tickets still that require me to either run some scripts on the back end or, uh, you know, do some very heavy debugging, uh, into someone's webflow site or uh, JavaScript or whatever, if they're using, you know, again, they can add other custom JavaScript and that can sometimes screw up things. And, um, you know, and, and even some of that he's, he's learning how to do, which is, which is awesome. And he's excited about it. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to let him handle as, as much as he's able to. And, uh, you know, then once we have the kind of last small bucket of, of items that he's not able to do, uh, those certainly become prime candidates for, you know, can we just build this into the product? Uh, 
Yeah. So, yeah. It's awesome. How do you feel like your, uh, your productivity level is recently? I know like a while back we were talking and it was like, well, it's still, you know, getting used to, uh, dad life and balancing everything and trying to get in like a decent amount of hours per day and even like a sort of traditional half day. What's it been like recently? Uh, well, <laughs> number one, I will say, uh, so my parents are out here this month. Uh, they're, they're staying at a place and, uh, they're coming over a lot and spending time with us and, uh, with our son and having them around has certainly helped a lot. Uh, they're, they're able to, uh, you know, of, of course they want to spend as much time with her, with their grandson as possible. And, uh, so that's given me some opportunities to, to dive deeper into things for a little bit longer than I might, if it was just me and my wife. Mm, um, yeah. so yeah, that, that's been great. But you know, outside of that, uh, I am just adjusting better, uh, you know, learning how to manage my time a little bit better, uh, whether that's like via time boxing or, uh, you know, just, just scheduling out and sort of realizing like, these are the hours I have, so I better get to work. Uh, you know, I, I uh, n- nowadays try to wrap up by five, five thirty at the latest, uh, each day. So we can, you know, we tend to have an early dinner and, um, then put Caleb in bed and, uh, just like realizing how important that time is and that that's not work time, uh, has, right. has forced me to, I would say be more efficient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I keep seeing, uh, <laughs> it's so funny. Pat Blaha, uh, he keeps tweeting stuff about like, um, it was probably just a few times, but like I saw it like a, a few times and he keeps tweeting about like kind of making fun of a lot of the productivity, you know, zeitgeist advice about like, wake up at 5am, <laughs> here's your like three hour morning routine. And he's like, his thing is like, none of these people have ever had kids. <laughs> and I think he, he even like when we, recorded we recorded at like 9 a.m and that was like this very last slot for the day because i think he said he works 6 to 2 p.m and then like 2 he leaves to go pick up his kids and like after that he's like with his kids the rest of the day and um and so it had me thinking like uh kind of want like one things don't really like go back to normal after kids and uh uh but two you know it's just everything's different and like, it's good, different, but like, it's just such a different dynamic. Yeah. Of course I've, uh, but I was, you know, I don't know if you have commentary on it. No, it's, it's, it's definitely true. It's like, like you said, it's not going to go back to how it was. Um, and I think just realizing that and adjusting and, uh, you know, in, in the first few months, in general, it's things are just harder because you're learning so many new skills and, uh, you know, things are stressful at times and, uh, things are really great at times and you don't want to go work because it's like, you'd rather just be having family time. So, Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it, it it definitely changes it. Um, but yeah, (laughs) one thing that's actually really helped me, uh, is, listening to another podcast. Um, I'm, t- I'm totally blanking on the name. Uh, Tyler and Rick, uh, startups to last. Oh, oh yeah. 
Yeah. So, so Rick also just recently had his first child, uh, just mm. about a few weeks ago. And so hearing, you know, how he's experiencing that, uh, he's been very open on the podcast sharing that. And, uh, we've, we've talked a little bit on Twitter DM and just like having someone else who is in a very similar position with running his own business, uh, and becoming a dad for the first time. And, uh, you know, and it's pretty close to the, the time that I'm going through it as well. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if he listens to our podcast or not, but, uh, shout out, shout out to Rick if he does, because, uh, that's, that's been really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Who was it? It was, um, someone was talking about starting like a little community for like startup dads or moms. Or <laughs> like that. That'd be great. Maybe it was Rosie Sherry possibly. Um, but yeah, that's cool. Good to know. Um, speaking of roadmap stuff, uh, I wanted to just like one, just put it out there to sort of like manifest just so people have ideas or thoughts or opinions or feedback on it. Well, I can just get it out there and just like make it public. Uh, but two, to get your thoughts on it. But <clears throat> as you know, and as listeners probably know, I'm in like this perpetual state of like feeling behind, wanting to do more, just juggling more and more things and uh, I'm trying to be mindful of that. But also like, I know like I need to, if I want to like hit my goals, I need to be pretty aggressive. And I just want to like try stuff and just, I'm just kind of like a, a ship it guy. You know, I just want to like get it out there. Why not? So I have three new like things that I'm considering for swipe files. And I of course want to do like all of them at the same time. <laughs> I probably shouldn't. And like same time is also like, you know, not exactly the same day, you know, launching, but like, kind of like concurrently a little bit. Um, but one is, uh, I attended a workshop by, uh, West cow for their new startup Maven on building a cohort based course. And I've wanted to build a new course. You threw on the idea of like, I want to do like a, a fellowship style, you know, marketing fellowship. Um, uh, I've been curious about cohort based courses and I'm especially curious because they're kind of hot right now. And it's just like, you know, mm-hmm. you might as well just ride the wave if you can. Right. Um, but I, I like the idea. Like I've been, I've been interested in it for a while, far beyond, you know, probably like for you know a year or two now. Um, and so basically they have like a, a call to action to, uh, to tweet out and like email your list interests. So they want you to get like a hundred signups of like people interested in a cohort based course that you sort of like pitch an idea for. And then that gets you like an application to build a cohort based course with them in a cohort based course. Like it's literally called how to build a cohort based course. And it starts in June, I want to say. And then by the end of it, you basically like go and then you make your cohort based course and then you launch in September, I want to say. So I have to like start thinking about this now because like September to like, you know, now is like, September's a long time away, but I have to start thinking about it now. In fact, the deadline is May 8th, I want to say. So that's like three weeks away. Uh, so I've been, you know, thinking about ideas, but I'm also wondering like, is this a good idea? Is it a bad idea? Uh, so let me, let me walk through the, the other ideas before we start, you know, going through each one. But um, the other one is uh, curated ma- mastermind groups. So I've also this, I, I had this idea of, um, even when I first started the community, maybe I mentioned it before, 
but I had, you know, ask a bunch of questions on Twitter and on my email list of, Hey, who'd be interested in the community? Are you part of one right now? Or are you not? And it was kind of split 50, 50 between like people interested in a community, which I've now kind of like fulfilled, you know, there's like a product for that now. Right. But then the other half of people are really interested in a mastermind, which really surprised me. Um, and at first I thought, well, mastermind would be like maybe something that would require a lot of more of my time if I were to like sort of facilitate and like sit in on a bunch and I'd be like a higher price point, you know, maybe like a hundred bucks a month instead of a hundred bucks a year. Um, but then I had another thought like a month ago. I was like, well, actually what, I don't think I really need to be there for the masterminds. I just need to, Oh, it was, it was when I joined on deck on deck kind of like groups you into these mastermind groups and they're completely like self, uh, self-governing mastermind groups, what they call them. And, um, and I really liked it. I thought it was fun and it seemed like people are interested. So it's like, Oh, maybe this is like a new way, you know, maybe it's like a new offering. Maybe I can test it through current swipe file members. Maybe I can test it through like getting new swipe file members and just like, you know, play matchmaker to group, the, uh, group these people together. I can provide a private, you know, circle space, and then like builds in some rules and cadence, maybe like a 12 week sort of like test period or just like thing that you go through. Um, but I thought that was pretty interesting because if I had groups of five, for example, um, if I even got like, you know, 10 groups, um, that's 50 new people, which is like, you know, if I ran that once a month or once every other month, like it's still like a, a non-trivial amount of people, especially over, you know, six months to a year. Like that could be a considerable amount of people that I can add to, to swipe files. Um, and it could be based on like goals. Like, uh, I want to reach a certain milestone with my podcast or with my email list or with my startup, or it could just be with like, like different roles. Like I want to talk with other VPs of marketing or other, um, you know, founders or other people, uh, in SaaS, other people in e-commerce, right? Things like that. So that's the second idea. Idea number two. <laughs> idea number three is um, creating these master classes. Uh, again, I might have mentioned it before, but basically, I think that I think there's going to be like more bundling happening in the like creator space. Kind of like my my theory is like more and more people create standalone products. It's going to make more and more sense to start bundling things together, and we see this with uh, the every or I guess like, is it every or everything bundle, um, Nathan Bashez and Dan Shipper. Uh, one of the, one of the only, I think maybe the only paid newsletter that I subscribe to, cause it's a really freaking good deal. I get like 20 newsletters for 15 bucks a month and they're all super high quality. Um, so one of my like theses is like, well, there's a lot of course creators out there. There's a lot of like creators in general. And I think bundling is actually a pretty good strategy. So what if I could have like, collaborate with a bunch of experts for something. Let's just say like SaaS marketing, for example, and get like 10 different people who are each like topical experts to contribute to a singular course. And that would be like the SaaS marketing masterclass. And then like take that across different verticals like e-commerce or even like digital products, or I could kind of go the reverse way and just get like a bunch of people to contribute to email. And then I have people talking about, um, email capture, email onboarding, email retention, email upsells, you know, things like that. Um, and then sell it under the all access pass and have people have each one of the creators be affiliates. Anyways, I'm going on for a while, but 
I think they're all like really good ideas, probably things I want to get to. So it's a matter of like, do I, you know, what do I do now? What do I try to do later? Do I try to do all these? Do I set, you know, do I do one of these a quarter? I don't know, you know? Yeah. That was a big question. (laughs) I I, I took some notes so I can... uh, hopefully remember everything <laughs> i'm mainly thinking out loud so i apologize for just dumping it no it's good um before i answer that so i've had this so i've recently heard on two different podcasts people talking about swipe files and they were really excited about it they had just recently joined and both people said and granted this is a sample size of two uh the reason they joined was they heard there was uh, there's going to be a workshop with someone who they were familiar with uh, mm. and they wanted access to that workshop. And both said it was easily worth the 99 price tag just for that single workshop. Interesting. So I don't know if that means keep doing more of those or, you know, <laughs> again, sample size of two. Uh, but both were very excited about it and, you know, maybe that fits in with, uh, kind of what you're talking about with master classes, uh, and trying to get people who are well known and, uh, using their audience and using their reputation and, um, yeah, well, that, I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause that was like idea zero that I've already like begun sort of experimenting with. So I'm doing this whole series on, you know, research and, uh, have a few different workshops. Actually, we're, we're doing another one this Wednesday with, uh, Matthias on, uh, sort of like detective work, you know, finding your audience online and doing a bunch of work like that. Uh, that's really interesting. Cause I, I kind of thought like, yeah, each one of these could be like a standalone sort of like product, something worth paying for. But also it is interesting. Like as, as the library grows, it becomes a better and better deal. Like I really like that sort of like dynamic, you know, like imagine by the end of the year, there are 50 workshops, you know, and like, Oh, now you have like tons and tons of really exclusive content that you wouldn't be able to find anywhere else. All like, you know, topical and categorized and, um, uh, delivered in like a really thoughtful way. So it's interesting to hear that both said that they wanted access to the workshops. A little bit surprising. Um, so maybe that just tells me I should do more of those. Work. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I've said it before when you used to do workshops for bare metrics, like that was one of my favorite things you did, uh, mm. as, as marketing through bare metrics. Um, it's just insanely valuable to watch an expert do their thing really. Um, yeah. And, and explain yeah. how they do it. Uh, so I've been looking at, um, so I have like this list of, actually I should pull it up right now. This list of like membership sites and communities that are like inspirations to me in one form or another, sort of like my community membership swipe file, (laughs) if you will. (laughs) Uh, let me see if I can find it. Um, membership, um, gosh dang it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find the list. Actually, I think I know how to find it. Uh, oh, here we go. So I was an inspiration. So, um, 
Trends by The Hustle. I'm a part of that one. I think it's really, really cool. They do things really, really well. Maker Pad, obviously. Um, Maker Mind by Anne Laura LeConf, I think is really interesting. I've heard really good things about it. Product Manager HQ was big like even a long time ago, and I think it was like a seven-figure business. Um, Fizzle, it's like an OG internet marketing kind of like group. Um, those are like the, the big ones. And the commonalities between all of them are that there's a really strong community aspect. And then there's a really strong like course slash like tutorial or like education based workshops component to it. Mm. And um, so that's, what's really like driving all these ideas is like, yeah, I think I could be like, the maker pad for marketing or the trends for marketing or the maker mind for marketing, the product manager HQ for marketing, the fizzle for marketing. Um, and it seems like a really proven model and I, trouble is like, I want to do all of them. And I think they all, they all both play a role in like getting me to a thousand true fans, but also like getting to like 10,000 true fans. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's like also like the scaling kind of tactic of like, Hey, you just got to, make it like an insanely good deal and have like something for everyone. Um, but yeah, that's, that's like the thought behind like this direction for the the product roadmap, if you will. Yeah. I kind of see them falling into two buckets and I think eventually you'll probably do both. Uh, you know, the, the cohort based courses and the mastermind groups, those are like, ongoing events for a certain amount of time that you do with other people. Uh, Mm. and you know, as I've mentioned before, that's something I would be interested in just as, you know, as I'm working on more marketing for JetBoost and, uh, having a group that's, uh, you know, that I'm riding along with and, and learning with experimenting with, who's also helping me stay accountable, uh, and, you know, whether that's like a, however the, the format is, uh, whether it's like a fellowship type thing or a mastermind group, uh, I think that's the goal of, of those. And then the master classes or workshops, those are like one-time events that are, uh, you know, very high knowledge. Like you get a lot of knowledge packed into a, a very short session. Um, and as, as you said, you, you build up the library of those over time. It just becomes more and more valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's an interesting like async versus synchronous mm-hmm. kind of play there too. Um, yeah. It's tough because I don't want to like start up too many of these ideas at the same time. And then like it'd be like confusing for people or just like too much juggle. Um, but also a lot of them are like a lot of work. And <laughs> so they're, they're not something you can just like spin up overnight. You have to like start working on them and like start piecing them together. Um, and I would have like various, various levels of, um, you know, involvement in each one of them. Like I think for like a cohort based course, that would be like the most time intensive for me. That's like the most synchronous experience. You know, there's like deadlines and dates and like timeline, you know, there's a whole like thing around it. Um, a mastermind mastermind groups though 
I wouldn't necessarily need to be involved in, but it would take a lot of like planning and matchmaking from my end. But then I wouldn't, I can kind of like pass it off, right? The master classes, I don't, I, I don't think I would actually do any of the, like the content creation. But I think that it would take a long time to get other people to create that content and then like build out the launch and like it would be like a big marketing event. And then the workshops are sort of like this trickle, like this drip of like, you know, every week it's like, an hour of my time basically for like a new workshop. And, um, and so it doesn't require a lot of my time. It's also like not a big marketable event. You know, we do it like we do it synchronous. We record it live, we have questions, but then it goes in the library as async. So they're all very different. Yeah. I don't know where that puts me, but I mean, I think if I were you, I would try to find the, smallest way you could experiment with one or, or each idea, you know, so for say a mastermind group, rather than trying to figure out, okay, how do I run 10 mastermind groups at the same time and have them be autonomous and, Mm. you know, let's experiment with opening up one mastermind group to however, you know, handful of people and whoever gets into that first one gets in that first one and, and try it out and learn from it. And, uh, then see if you want to scale it from there. You know, I don't, I don't know what that would look like for like the cohort based or, or the master classes. Um, but trying to find a way to more quickly test the idea, I think would be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A small scale. I'm totally guilty of just like, <laughs> just going for it. <laughs> it's, it's the, it's the same. It's so weird because like you think like, Oh, I'm not like a developer, or like an engineer. Like I'm not going to like, fall into this <laughs> this trap of like building this ginormous featureful you know product as it were but then i end up doing the, the exact same thing you know and uh yeah i, I think it, that starting small would definitely be would definitely be smart um yeah i mean it's, it's very hard not to do that because you're the you're the visionary you see the the you know grand product as it's fully developed and, and implemented. I just want to see it there now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's hard. Well, all these ideas are in flux. I think what I'll probably do is, I, I was even thinking about like, well, what if I did like a test run of a cohort based course before the actual cohort based course, and that would be like the MVP version. Then I'm also thinking like, well, I don't know if there's like a huge need for that right now like like if i announce it now and then like go through the workshop and like really put a lot of time into like creating it later then i would have all this time to like market it and build the list and then like do a good job of it later and that'll put time to work on these other things in the short term and i can create a you know uh, a v1 master class and then like a you know put together one or two mastermind groups to see how those goes so that's probably where I'll, i'll end up doing Awesome. And continue the workshops. Cause if I hear, if I hear yeah. that, if two people join <laughs> for the workshops, I'm just going to keep doing the workshops. And, uh, yeah, it's been really good doing the research series too, just kind of starting from scratch. Um, I actually thought about, uh, formatting the podcast this way where I would like go very topical. Um, but then what I found was like my list would get so long. It'd be like, Oh geez, what's well, going to, I'm going to go through research for six months by the time I get through all these guests. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's going to take me another six months to go through copywriting. And I was like, well, I want the, the, the podcast should be more diverse than that. Like it wouldn't really like fulfill its mission. 
Um, so this gives me a kind of an, a, an excuse to go through that list and to do things a little bit more topical, uh, starting from scratch. I think it makes more sense that way. Like the exploration of the content makes more sense to do it in this format than through a podcast. So it's much more yeah. teaching and uh, educational. I may or may not. Well, yeah, I have a partnership in the works for a paid workshop that will be paid separately from a swipe files membership. Um, uh, but will be a discount at a discount for swipe house members in possibly like mid may. So that'll also be an interesting experiment too. Um, cause it's possible we could do more of those, but, uh, okay. I don't, I probably shouldn't say it now. So I'll say after <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Cool. Well, my, my only other update is, um, I felt bad, but I've been pretty like static. I've just been like at a standstill with help a creator for the last like month, basically. Hmm. I opened up the beta. I asked a small group of people to do like a test run and just like start posting in there. I've posted a few things, um, but no one has actually posted in there yet. And I was going to like manually follow up and just like, you know, create some things, um, some excuses to, to do it. But now I'm wondering one, I think I need to, devote more time to like finding the right people who can give up their time to actually like test the workflow of posting a request on the site. But two, I'm actually thinking like maybe I have it backwards and I really need to focus more on building that like supply side. And then it'll make like people have more incentive to post on there in the first place, knowing that there's like a, you know, this pool of people that can source directly from there. But, uh, just want to, you know, Work in public, build in public. That's one of my failures for sure. <laughs> How do you feel like it fits with the rest of swipe files or I don't think it fits does it at all. Not. It's like completely yeah. separate. Yeah. Which is definitely a thought. I'm like, oh, am I doing too much here? And you know, I'm trying to be very objective about like it doesn't work or like seem like it's working very well. You just like shut it down and stop. And I don't think I'd feel bad about that. I still feel like it's a good idea, but maybe, maybe not right now at least. Um, but I still feel like it kind of has legs. Like people are like really, really excited about it and give me really good feedback. So I do want to like, I can kind of, this is probably just me being over optimistic, but I can kind of see a world where it's like pretty self-sustainable and like doesn't require a lot of my time or it's like very easily sort of delegated the things that would take time. Um, so I want to like get it to a place where like, does it work? Does it not work? Like we're seeing like mixed signals or like it's working. And then like, I don't know, could just be like this little thing that just kind of chugs along on its own. Yeah. I think, I guess I would say, uh, I think you should definitely consider that when you're putting together the swipe files roadmap or, or you know, deciding what you ultimately do is if you want that, mm. if you want to help a creator to, uh, you know, to take up a chunk of your time, then just account for that. And, uh, yeah, you know, realize you're making that choice. I know it's tough trade-offs. It's, well, it's one other, actually, no, go ahead. Yeah. Just really quick. The thought I've had is it's, um, it's really interesting, like making a side project, your, your main project, because, I think it's easy to get stuck in the side project mindset of like, well, I just have all these things kind of all running concurrently and they're side projects. So like 
I can take breaks from them and I can um, bounce around. I can mo have multiple things. But like once your side project becomes your main project, then like you need to really like put more into that thing, at least for like a season. And um, so anyways, it's I had like this paradigm shift. I was like, oh, I think I've been thinking about this a little bit wrong. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm not, these aren't just like my side projects. Like Swipe House is my main project. And like now, like you said, these things are like possibly, you know, competing with the main project. Mm-hmm which I hate, like I don't want to accept, but it's this thought <laughs> going through my mind. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I went through that shift as well. Uh, when Jeff, cause Jeff was originally a side project and it's kind of like, Hey, it'd be cool if it, you know, makes 500 bucks a month or whatever. Uh, but eventually transitioning to working on it full time, it's like, it's, it's awesome, but then you also have to let go of like, here's all these other cool things I wanted to try and do, um, mm -hmm. you know, at least, at least shelve them for, for a little while. So, right. right. And actually I got a really good, uh, lesson on that from, uh, Riley Chase, who's, uh, his company's part of Ernest. And when I first joined, I mean, he, he was basically, uh, his company was maybe like two, two years ahead of where, where JetBoost was at. Uh, and you know, he told me, he's like, for the first year, he launched a number of other products or, or worked on other products because he thought the, the opportunity for his business hostify was just, you know, too small, too niche. Uh, mm. but it, it, it kept growing and uh, eventually like he turned his focus to that and he said, that's when, uh, you know, things really started working. So, uh, right. I, I've tried to be mindful of that. And, and like you said, if it, becomes your main thing like treat it treat it like your main thing yeah 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 it's interesting it's especially ongoing things like in the like kind of maker sphere it's i think you can pretty sustainably like just keep cranking out new things as long as those new things don't require like ongoing time right like you mm -hmm. build like a microsite or you like publish some sort of like tool and then like you know just like leave it for a while, but things like, I think especially content related things, actually you really can't like, you can't just leave a community. You can just like stop publishing a newsletter. You kind of can with a blog, but still not really, you know, you just don't want to just like abandon your blog. So there's different dynamics there, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. To be clear, you're saying you, like you, you can stop those things, but then it's, you know, it's pretty much going to die at that point. Right. Right. Like I can't take like the same or you can't take the same approach to a lot of like, like the maker culture makers feel like just like creating these things, standalone things. Like you, you could do that just like, you know, uh, like one a month. Right. And then like, as long as they don't require ongoing time, like you just now your time is just onto this new thing. But like when you have these ongoing things that keep stacking up, then like your time gets pretty uh, limited, right? When you only have so much time and now like these three to five things or whatever now uh, require all this time that now you can't create new things, right? It's like maintain them. So just been thinking about how that's different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm always impressed when, uh, 
you know, people in the, in the makerspace, indie hackers, they're, they're able to launch a bunch of products, but then, uh, you know, while trying to find the one that works. Uh, but then I think the key is being able to let go of the ones that didn't work and either mm-hmm. shut them down or, uh, you know, sell them if there's an interested buyer. Yeah. Um, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I think too. Yeah. Probably get up. I am working on some ways to like delegate and, uh, sort of open up some more time for myself to extend myself a little bit, but that's definitely, you know, I was like, dang it, I'm just like reaching my limit right now. And, um, mm-hmm. and if I can, you know, it's like the superpower when you have like you're experiencing right now, just like people doing other work for you. It's like, Oh, that's amazing. I don't know if I need like a team, but at least like some things just like reduce the amount of time that I spend on certain things. Um, then that opens up this new time, which now I can a lot to different things. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Any other thoughts before we wrap up? Did you have some, I cut you off, uh, but, um, what was that? Oh, uh, this is going, (laughs) this is going way back, but, uh, I was curious, is there a way for you to, or maybe you already do this when someone signs up for swipe files, like in the onboarding flow, can you ask like, what are you interested in? And like a checklist of, you know, learning from other people in the community, workshops, uh, masterminds, uh, you know, even if some of these things don't exist yet, uh, or the, the swipe file brain or, uh, just to sort of get a sense to why people are signing up and, and what they're looking for. Yeah, it's a good idea. I thought about that actually, um, building that. Well, yeah, it's difficult because it'd be great if that was like built into like the onboarding flow. Because mm-hmm. uh, you can email people, but you, you, yeah. <laughs> right, right. I think actually what I should do is um, I should build, like I have this like dashboard page in Swipe Files, which is um, like when you're logged in to the site that has, you know, like links to everything and it's sort of s- supposed to be like a homepage or, you know, a dashboard. And I think I should probably have like a, there's some way to like embed like a form or something where I could ask that. So it's like, that's the first thing people see when they sign up and I could just like collect that information and like enrich it onto their profile and I could see the results at least. Um, yeah, it's gotta be, that's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen your skill with, with Zapier. I think you can definitely make it happen. Yeah, it shouldn't be too hard. I mean, even with, um, I should check out reform, uh, shout out to Peter, but, uh, you know, just like embed like a form builder form widget and then send that data elsewhere or just, you know, I could even just keep it for myself. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's gotta be, yeah, I don't know. I would like live there forever. I'll have to do some investigation, but it's gotta be some way to like, you know, once it's done, then like close and don't show to people or I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We'll figure it out. New, new booster coming soon. There we go. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'll ask the, uh, the maker pad and the on deck communities. see if people have ideas. I've always, I I keep thinking actually about like an onboarding survey or onboarding flow. Um, maybe it could even be built out in web flow. Maybe that would be a good. Uh, yeah, that's what booster. I was thinking. 
Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, add that to the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. All right. Well, shall we wrap? Yeah. All righty. Well, we'll have all the links and mentions we can manage to remember in the show notes, and we'll see you next week.